every family has their music, a certain album, a special playlist. In this podcast, we've explored some of my family's favorite artists, but we've never focused on our very own musician, my dad. Hello and welcome to this episode of Relative Recital. I've talked about my dad's love of music in other episodes, but I've never mentioned his history. Back in the 90s, my dad and his bands were a part of the Vancouver 90s club scene. What was the first band you were ever in? My first band was called The Pyramids. And it was my, uh, three of my, or two of my buddies. It was three of us in total. There was Trevor Morgan's on guitar and singer. And there was Eric Kerwin on the drums and me on the keyboards. And uh, we were probably in, uh, I don't know, grade eight, seven, eight, something like that. And we started getting into playing music together. Yeah, so that would have been the first band. Who was like the inspiration behind the pyramids? Definitely at that time, we were, we were all, well, two of us anyways, were Beatles <laughs> freaks. That was Trevor and me. We were just crazy about the Beatles back then. Um, what brought that on? But I remember doing a paper route and one of the guys that handed out all the papers uh, was a big Beatles fan. He kind of got me into it. And then Trevor was just crazy. Trevor thought he was John Lennon. I thought it was Paul McCartney. And Eric Kerwin, he was Ringo Starr, I guess. And uh, that, yeah, that was the first band. I never really played any shows, but we played in my basement at home. And uh, it was a good little start. Um, so when did you realize music was what you wanted to focus on? I kind of grew up in a music household. I, I always idolized my dad a lot and he had a knack for picking up music um, without any real training. He, he, we had a crazy old organ with a drum machine and a, he could play that thing with, uh, he'd play all his, his, uh, his folk songs from uh, just he didn't need any, need any music. He didn't really know what he was playing, but it sounded great. He played accordion that way. So I kind of idolized him and I thought, oh, I, I want to be a musician too. So that's kind of how I went down. My dad also gained a lot of inspiration from a specific instrument. After my dad's music teacher convinced him to purchase a Hammond organ and Leslie speaker, my dad realized how important music truly was. There were some music guys in school and uh, they, were, they were in a band. I think there was, um, I don't remember what the band was called at that time, but I remember the guys and they were cool dudes. And, you know, I kind of told them one day, I think I was in jet, like band class, played the trombone. You were hanging out and some of those guys played trumpets and stuff too on the side. And, they, and we were talking and I said, yeah, I got a Hammond organ. They go, you got a Hammond organ? Wow. So it was like, you want to play in our band? And... That's kind of how it started. So we, yeah, I think that was about grade nine, junior high. My dad played casually with that band throughout junior high and high school until grade 12, when he moved on to a different band with bigger goals. It was basically, there was a guy named Jason Clark who was I was playing with in grade 12. He was a fantastic guitar player and, and Greg Boothroyd, and he ended up becoming a jazz guy, so we had to replace him with another guy named Mike Taylor from uh, Kelowna, and then we got um, uh, Brian Watson on the drums, and 
before you know it, we had a band. We needed a singer. I could sing, but I wasn't really a lead singer at that, that time. So we went and we watched this great band, New Shoes and Deep Cove, and the girls were going crazy for this guy who was their singer, Kevin. He was, he had the attitude and, you know, he kind of sounded a little bit like he was from, like, London or something. He was, he, when I watched him play that day in Deep Cove, I think it was Deep Cove days, way back in the day, and he had about 20 girls all swooning over him, and I thought, we gotta get that guy in our band. <laughs> So we did. We got him in the band, and then we started that band. It was called Rainwalkers. Guys, the Rainwalkers. You guys played a bunch of shows. Um, you had a bunch of gigs. Where did you guys play? Um, yeah, we we did. We 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 practiced for quite a bit in uh, Brian's parents' basement. We'd go like two, three times a week, every day after school, just for hours. And uh, all the girlfriends would come and watch us play and practice. And then eventually we. We got some gigs and we we sort of got going and there's a, a Battle of the Bands contest uh, that CRTC, uh, so UBC Radio puts on every year. I'm not sure if they still do it, but that back in the day it was kind of a big thing. And uh, so we, we got in on that and uh, so it was Shindig and, and we were up against, I don't know how many bands, probably like 50 bands or something. And we would go every week and we'd, it would be like a round robin thing, you'd play There'd be three bands that night at the Savoy in Gastown, upstairs, right across from Gassy Jock. Beautiful room, huge stage. I had to lug my keyboards all at like the big Hammond organ. I had this CP80 piano, which was like an electrical, electric digital grand piano. We, and me and my old buddy Brian Forchuk um, would haul that thing up the flight of stairs. It was crazy. Anyways, we started playing that. We did the shindig. We came in second. We didn't win. Stubborn Blood beat us that night, I remember. But we definitely were off to the races. We started playing tons of shows. We, we started playing uh, Town Pump all the time. Uh, there was like other really, there's a lot of cool venues back then, hardly any now, but there was like, uh, you know, the Railway Club, uh, Starfish Room, um, 86th Street. Um, you know, there's some really great, um, uh, venues and we got Graceland there was like that was a huge uh, place to play right around Expo I guess it would have been mm -hmm. and yeah we started uh, Expo 86 it was great we played sometimes we were playing three or four shows a week clubs were extremely popular in Vancouver combination venues that included restaurants dance floors and live music before platforms like YouTube and Spotify were a thing the way to discover new bands would be to go out to different clubs or festivals. If you loved an obscure band, you couldn't simply stream their music. You would follow them to different venues or buy their CDs. The Rainwalkers, you guys kind of like lasted about five years, you know, playing together. And then you mentioned they kind of like everything kind of like a few people wanted to go a different direction. That was when the music was kind of changing. You guys were kind of moving away from like the rock thing, going towards different kind of areas of music. Yeah, yeah, you know that sort of 80s sound or whatever, you know, we started, it was kind of like, uh, yeah, the people got, wanted to go different directions, a couple of the guys, so, you know, and so I ended up joining another band with uh, some amazing guys, um, Hamish on drums, uh, yeah, you know, there was um, Jeff Curtis, singer, Steve Reynolds, um, John Fredrickson on bass. So 
we ended up going a different sort of direction and uh, different songwriters. So it was now me writing songs with Jeff and Steve. And Steve was an acoustic guitar player. He was really quite an amazing acoustic guitar player. He didn't really play a lot of lead. So mm -hmm. we ended up having a different sound, you know, piano, acoustic guitar, lots of vocals. Jeff had a very distinct voice and writing songs. And yeah, we started, it was almost like a Celtic sort of feel. A lot of the times we would play and it was real dance oriented, like stomp your foot, spirit of the West kind of thing, you know, and people were going crazy. We would, we would have like 300 people in the town pump, just all jumping up and down. <laughs> so it was pretty exciting. Yeah, we were, it was pretty cool shows. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that like that kind of whole scene in um, Vancouver and like I'd say like the late 80s, like mid 90s was kind of just before like the whole grunge scene in Seattle. So how do you think like that whole time in Vancouver impacted um, kind of everything about the city? Well, I think it was definitely a time where um, it was, it was, the, it was, everybody was going to gigs. So it was mm -hmm. like, you know, it was, it, that's what we did. We didn't stay at home and, you know, watch YouTube or, you know, <laughs> Netflix because we didn't exist. We went out, we went down and we watched bands you know oh did mm -hmm. you hear about that band they're playing so so where there was there was a lot of gigs and a lot of people that would come and watch us play like like every gig I couldn't believe it like they they didn't have a life or something they were just coming <laughs> you know and they were long they would start at 10 and we'd get you know done by 1 or one thirty or something and then so there you know it was a it was a commitment but there was a real scene and a camaraderie with all the musicians and you know lots of venues to play and lots of owners of these venues that supported bands that were writing original material i mean it, it's it's nice to look back and know that that you know i i miss it a lot i mean I, we still play the odd show here and there but mm -hmm. nothing like we used to be i'm just so fortunate that you know i get to just still play music period and still write songs and mm -hmm. you know it's still different these days you got to make a living and raise a family and but it's still, it's such an important thing to keep going in your life. You know, it gives you a sense of balance and, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I wouldn't trade those memories for anything. You know, I wouldn't have, uh, done it any differently. So I want Yeah. I feel like it's impacted our family a lot because all of our family friends are like people like from that time, like a majority of the family friends that like we visit and stuff are like, you've been in bands with, like, um, a lot of the people that we kind of like are so connected with today are because of like the bands that you played in and like people that you connected with from that community, which is so cool. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I don't know, uh, I guess music is, is something that ties people together. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a great, it's, yeah, it, it's, it just seems to be the case, you're right. But um, yeah, music is definitely one of the, best things that you can do in, a, in your life, you know, in, in some form, you know, mm -hmm. be it singing or playing, you know, a school instrument or just whatever, just listening to music. I mean, how do you, how do you not live with music, right? Music is still a huge part of my dad's life. His recent band, The Recreationalist, released an album a few years ago and are currently working on a second right now. The music in this podcast is actually the first sneak peek at their new songs. Hope you enjoyed the story 
a look back at Vancouver's music history. You'll hear from me soon. This was your host, Kaya, from Relative Recital.